Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Steelers Outpost Podcast, episode number 16. Steelers 34, Texans 6. Merry Christmas to everybody, and uh, we hope you enjoyed time with your family over the past few days. And Merry Christmas it was with the Steelers making quick work of the beleaguered Houston Texans. This is going to be a special episode since Nick is with me in person. He snuck out of Houston, fortunately, to join us uh, at the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Unfortunately, no money's manning the, the fort back in Texas, so we have to get him to the airport too sweet this morning, so we're going to have a truncated show. Um, but we are glad to have him around this past few days, and we're going to probably melt this thing down to about 15 minutes of analysis. Yeah, we just want to give you a few quick thoughts on uh, the Steelers' second consecutive Merry Christmas. This one slightly less dramatic than the glorious legendary win over the Ravens from last year. But uh, it was a glorious day. Steelers finally blowing out an opponent. And I guess that leads us into our favorite segment, three major themes. So a blowout it was, and it was very satisfying. We're going we're gonna to pull the rock up and find some negatives about this victory. That's but do, finally, man. Steelers have reached their potential. Unfortunately, the defensive potential is questionable. Yeah, so the first theme is going to be the Steelers blow out an opponent. By the way, I do want to say it was it's great to not just blow out an opponent that we're supposed to, finally, but also coming off of that New England, uh, I'm going to call it a victory that was stolen from us by the NFL and their stupid rules and uh, lack of conclusive evidence. But a great way to respond to that, especially without having Antonio. It just shows that the team is in the right frame of mind going into the playoffs. So that's the first theme. And like you just alluded to, number two is there are some defensive issues, particularly with the run game. I think it was apparent to all the Steelers fans who watched this, we got gashed on a number of huge run plays, and that's uh, definitely something to be looking at going forward. So theme number three are some playmakers stepped up. I mean, it, it was a uh, it felt like a crisis with AB getting injured. Fortunately, we think he'll come back from the playoffs, but it needed. we have a lot of playmakers, and they, they showed up in this game. Yeah, uh, they've been playing well all year, Juju and Martavis. Martavis has been just so slowly, incrementally, but steadily improving the past four or five games. He continued that um, yesterday, last night, and Juju, of course, doing the same thing. It was nice to have Vance McDonald back in there. We'll probably get a little bit more into that later, but I know that's a big headline going into this game is what are the Steelers going to look like without A.B., and I thought that they adjusted nicely. So maybe it's better, let's start with the bad news and end with the good news, truncated episode, yeah. and focus on what we're seeing in the defense. We usually mess that up because we naturally just do the offensive grades first, and they have been 
very nice to watch recently, and we do the defensive grade second, and there hasn't been a lot to love since Ryan went out. So I agree. We'll, we'll switch this up. We'll, we'll start with the defense and give you a couple of our quick thoughts on those big themes. So the first one being the run game was gashed. The worst part about this to me is that it wasn't just gashed uh, on some giant plays, but you're playing against the, the Texans' third and fourth string quarterbacks. With outside of DeAndre Hopkins, there's no threat of the forward pass. The forward pass is not a, a heavily utilized element in the Houston Texans' offense at this moment, and we still let them get yards. It's as if they're still in the 1930s when the forward pass was a, a mystery. Unused. Probably illegal. Leatherheads. Those guys. Uh, Weird stat, by the way, which isn't totally ground out yet, but think about this. In the Steelers' two losses earlier in the season, they got crushed on the run by the Bears and by the Jaguars, both who had zero threat of pass. Both of them either were just under 100 yards passing or just barely at 100. I think Glennon had 97 yards and, and Blake Bortles might have had 101 yards. Well, this gets worse if you focus on the first half when uh, the, Houston, the Texans had were two for eight, two, two receptions for eight yards. There yeah. was absolutely, there was virtually <laughs> no chance that ball was going to uh, go past the line of scrimmage in the air. Yeah, they ended, the Texans ended up with 93 yards gross passing. Then when you take the sacks, it was like 50 yards passing or something like that. And they ended up with 176 yards rushing. So maybe the key to giving the Steelers a hard time, I would say, would be just make sure you pass for under 100, under 100 yards. But luckily the Steelers' offense um, did a much better job now taking care of business rather than early in the season where they couldn't hold up their side of the bargain against the Bears and the, and the Jags. Well, I don't want to uh, – I hate to list a, a bunch of statistics. I'll do this on the website. But just to give you a little perspective, the, the Texans had five runs between 5 and 10 yards, five runs between 10 and 20, and one yard, one for over 20 yards. I mean, we got gashed. It was just – it was time and time again, 11, yeah. yard, 11 runs over five yards. And you do have to wonder how much of this is defensive personnel and how much of this is defensive coaching. Keith Butler has had a lot of problems this year in getting too complicated with his defense and stunting and doing stunts. For anybody out there who doesn't know what a, a stunt is, it's when the defensive line, they basically, like, tr- on a simple play, the defensive line, they basically go straight forward into their gap. They try to push their man. They're trying to get past their man. They try to break through. On a stunt, you know, Cam Hayward may loop around another player in an effort to confuse the offensive line. When you do stuff like that, um, it can give you an opportunity to get a big play, but it can also cause you to vacate a space, and that's where you get really long runs. And we saw that happen a lot to us in that C gap earlier in the year, and it's been happening a lot recently. I also do question his... Heavy usage of, of Sean Spence. Who? Yeah, a guy who was freely available on the market all year long since September. We, he was there. We could have taken him. Didn't want him, and now he's here. You decide to start him. LJ Fort had a 1,000 reps in practice. <laughs> Apparently, he's still on the team, but uh, he was underutilized. Yeah, we're going to take the guy that hasn't played all year. I understand LJ Fort has some special teams value, but... Still, we're kind of going on and on about that. It is something to watch um, with those, especially with those middle linebackers. And if Keith Butler could just calm it down with some of the stunts, I think we might do a better job going forward. So one other thing I wanted to talk about the defense is actually a positive for Keith Butler. Um, Joe Hayden falling around DeAndre Hopkins and a man with a broken leg. Yeah, 
it's insane. These guys are crazy. I was watching them out there. I'm like, you're following around one of the best receivers in the league, and your leg was broken. Like, a, a, a week ago, he couldn't play against New England. And this week, he's following around one of the best receivers in the entire league. So from a Joe Hayden perspective, it's awesome, and it's encouraging. I thought he did a really good job on Hopkins. There may be one or two passes that some people were complaining about in the first half that TJ Yates overthrew just by a little bit, especially a deep one. But I think that... You know, it would have been had to be perfectly accurate um, for him to make that catch. And if you think about it, if he threw it to Hopkins and it landed in Hopkins' chest, then Hayden actually might have been able to knock it away. So he did a good job. But what I like about that is Keith Butler, for the second week in a row, is actually trying new things on defense. Against the Patriots, we played man for almost literally the first time all year. And we played a lot of it. And it had some decent success. And then the Joe Hayden thing is the first time we've had the corners switch sides, and probably since Ike Taylor, actually. So it's cool to see him bringing these things out of the box. We're going to need stuff like that. Um, I just think he needs to calm down. The, he needs to trick up the secondary a little bit more and calm down on the defensive front. I mean, the scary thing is we've been worried about the secondary since before the season started. We're sort of hoping that Artie would step up. He hasn't. I mean, he's been so hot and cold. Mm-hmm. He was kind of under the radar yesterday. Although he did have his first interception of the season, if I'm not wrong. I, I, I was looking on ESPN. I was trying to remember. I know he's had some tips, but our number one corner just had the first interception of the season. So that's good. But this uh, this difficulty against the run is, is very concerning. Yeah, because you're going to have to play against some teams who can run the ball in the playoffs, particularly if you're playing Jacksonville, who's really going to pound on you. Obviously, the Ravens had a lot of success on us, and the Patriots, they can always get something together. But. Well, Mike Mitchell also had a pretty good game. I think uh, hopefully he's just if he just achieves solidness, I'll be happy. Yeah, he he's just had that one sure. gaffe on that really long run. He just he was Bad just running angle. in a no-man's land. The, the angle is... is Frightening. We got to send the dude back to geometry. Okay, so that's kind of what we think about the defense. Let's move on to a couple offensive thoughts. So the first thing I'm going to look at is the is the stat we looked at all season, which is situational football. In the first half of the season, it was miserable time talking about this stuff. The second half of the season, it's been very good. Um, the third down percentage for the game is seven of twelve, which results in fifty eight percent, and the red zone was four of six for a whopping sixty seven percent. So four of the last five games, we have been over 50% on third down. This is a result of Ben making a lot better decisions, and I think um, people actually catching the ball, which was a struggle earlier in the league, earlier in the year, and, and Haley calling good plays. It, it's everybody. It wasn't just one thing, but it's nice to see some sustained success with that stuff recently. Well, um, I do think Martavis is he's not gonna he's not a ten catch a game. No. But his he's he's his three to four become very effective. He's getting fifty yards. He got sixty yards in this game. Yeah, that's where he floats around recently. and so that'll be our first theme for the offense is the the, the playmakers stepped up out with A B being out. We mentioned that earlier. Obviously Juju, Marty stepped up, and Vance McDonald. He has had so many exciting flashes this year, only to be removed from every game with an injury after he does something good. But he finished the game this and, week. And to think our concern was his drop, his, the drop drops as he had. Yeah, he started guy, the season with one too. So this, we, we it's like Jesse, Jesse's on great. Yeah, yeah. But it turns out that it's, the injuries are going to be the killer of uh, Vance McDonald. Yeah, let's hope that he stays. Uh, Loud and proud and healthy on the field. So he started out, he had two catches in the first three plays for like 30-something yards. He had, I think he ended with four for 52. 
and uh, the reporters were asking Ben about it after the game, and he said, yep, he's really excited about having Vance, and there were even actually a lot more opportunities to get him involved later. He just might need to get back up to speed with the offense, so that's really encouraging if we have a fast tight end threat again. I just think it was uh, telling, though, that Jesse was virtually absent in this game. Yeah, he was. Maybe, uh... Oops, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Just after the after the horror from last week, I don't think that it was a mental thing. I, I just think that when they have Vance, they are going to try and feature him as the receiving tight end, and you see some of the things that he can do. And, and it's good to know that Jesse is there as well. The, the only thing I want to say about Marty is that, like what you said, his catches are meaningful. Second week in a row, and he finally caught a, a fade route, like or, or a go route down the sideline, and he did a nice job getting separation. That's what we need from him. We just need some third down conversions, a couple big plays, and hopefully some touchdowns. We got other guys who are going to get the volume of the catches. I One thing to point out, though, and for everybody watching at home to try to figure out what's going on with Marty, is just look at the difference between Juju's long catch when he ran a go route and Martavis's long catch. So Juju was on the left side. It was later in the game. It was right after that unbelievable DeAndre Hopkins touchdown catch. And then we promptly stabbed them in the face and ruined their dreams by, um, I'm sorry, going down and scoring again. Christmas, remember. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was a metaphorical stabbing. But Ben throws it to Juju, and Juju, once he catches it, he turns around and catches on his back shoulder, and he has about four yards between him and the sideline. He has, like, plenty of room to turn around and make that catch. Whenever Marty catches the ball, he is about a, a couple feet off the sideline, and you notice that... Martavis has been unable to kind of get off of his corners recently, and they're somehow able to kind of body him up and, and squeeze him to the sideline to reduce the amount of space he has to make the catch, where Mar- um, Juju's a really strong guy, and he's a little, probably a little lower center of gravity, so he's able to kind of maintain himself and gives himself a lot more room to catch the ball. Except Mar- what's ironic is, is Marty built himself up yeah. over the, the offseason. you think he'd have a little more longer arms, um, stronger, be able to move those guys, but... They're kind of on him like a blanket, but he still does have the height and the ups to, to, to compete for the catches. Yeah, definitely. He seems to separate at the end now, where before he was a string, he was like Kobe Bryant at high school. He's like the just a, a shadow of a man, both in stature and in terms of being able to catch him because he was so damn fast, he would just run past everybody. He's not really doing that as much now, but anyways, I digress. So they did a great job, and then... Got to talk about the quarterback every week. Keep you posted on that. Ben, continued success in the second half of the season. I just want to give you a couple just topics, food for thought. We're not even going to dive into it. Ben in the second half of the the season, his decision-making, his willingness to check the ball down to Le'Veon in particular in his short routes, and his deep ball accuracy. That's been the difference. I thought he, even at the beginning of the year, we were saying, look, his arm strength looks great. He looks good to go. It's just some weird decisions in the deep ball. Well, it looks like it's clicking again. That's great news going into the playoffs, especially once we get A.B. back. And this is, a, this is partially a reflection on Ben, but the fact that he has, like, he could smoke a pack of Marlboro back right. there on most plays. And this, this was not the most challenging defense we faced. But you could look at the second half of the season. He, is, uh, he can get a Chase Lounge out there, have a Corona, get back up, step up in the pocket and complete something 40 yards down the field. He has a lot of time. The defense, the offensive line is great. Even though, I want to say they're banged up, but they have one one guy out each week, it seems. And between Finney and Hubbard, we uh, have nice depth. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. That's like, that's Super Bowl team status, you know. 
that it used to be our defensive line in those early Ben runs. Now it's the offensive line, the backups they have experience and they're ready to get plugged in. I think Ben's more of a cheese doodles guy based off of that Bachelor episode, which made me realize no coronas, no cigars. I'm sure he'll have a corona and a cigar with it, but he'll probably start with the cheese doodles. But offensive line, great job in pass protection. Team looks really good going into the playoffs. Can we? I just have to note uh, two notable plays. One, Justin Hunter gets a touchdown, one yep. for one. Yep. And Rosie Nix, two touchdowns in three weeks, his first rushing touchdown ever on Christmas. What a Christmas present. Yep, and that's a testament to him and a testament. That's his first carry ever, I think. And Todd Haley has been, again, sort of like Keith Butler trying new things. Todd Haley, we haven't seen that fullback dive play. Well, we just said it. This is his first carry. Did you see the camera angle on that play when they did the replay from the end zone? The inside linebacker was just totally tracking Le'Veon. Yeah, he was, was right play. next to Roosevelt Nix. He could have blown up. Nobody expected it. Great call by Haley. Haley had a couple a couple funny, interesting drives where he just pounded the same type of play right in a row where we hit the reverse to Juju. It didn't work. So we hit the reverse to Mar Davis and it works. He had like four out of five plays where different creative screen passes on one drive. He's really mixing it up well. Like you said before, the offensive line was good. But great things from the offense. Got to sustain the success. So next week, we got the Cleveland Browns. We will not be resting our starters because the Steelers play at the same time as the Patriots, 1 o'clock. The Patriots play the Bryce Petty-led Jets, so uh, them losing is highly unlikely. But if the Patriots do lose, the Steelers would need to beat the Browns, and then we would get the number one seed. This would not be a good week to have a reprise of the first half of the season. No, let's take care of business uh, the way we should. But but I think the coaches might be scoreboard watching a little bit to see if the Patriots are up by 88 in the third quarter. Somehow the Jets always seem to play them close, but Bryce Bryce makes me a little bit nervous with that. Maybe if that old man McCown, he'd be able to sling some. Hey, so uh, we were glad you were able to make it up and do this live. You passed up an opportunity for this game, didn't you? Well, I didn't really mean to, but we... uh, (laughs) I got offered... Tickets by one of my favorite families in Houston. Great, great people. They're big Texans fans. They have, um, that's the Rams, everybody. And they have season tickets to the Texans. They go see the Texans a lot. And they offered me two tickets to the Steelers-Texas game. And we were going to take them and go, but I, I just feared for my mom's mental health if I even asked the question. And, of course, later she says, you should have told us we would have taken your sister and, like, gone to the spa. So now I feel like an idiot, but that's all right. Live and learn. We'll play them again in four years, so uh, maybe the opportunity will arise again. Yeah. Hey, listen, we got to get out of here. We have a plane to catch. One of us does. And uh, we're going to bounce this episode. We'll, uh, we'll see if we can do – I'll put some, uh, some of the work and the grades up on the, the website, uh, SteelersOutpost.com. Um, Follow us on Twitter. We did a lot more yesterday, starting to gather our, our followers. Our followers are snowballing, and we'd like to count you among them. Yeah, we started trying to mess around with a little bit of the live tweeting during the game, and then we had a million people over at the house for Christmas, so the second half was a little, was a little less on the tweeting. But hey, there was a little less to tweet about. So follow us on Twitter. we got a lot of good stuff to say. And uh, as always, please send us a, an email. We're looking to improve the show. We're looking at these segments, trying to shore them up, add some new material. So... Hit us up at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. So, again, Merry Christmas. Hope you're enjoying your holiday. Uh, Happy New Year. And here we go. Okay, bye-bye. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Go Steelers!
man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.